On this episode of Puro's Miners, bro, we talk about the end of the football season. Plus, we get to talk positive stuff, UTEP women's and men's basketball. Puro's Miners, bro. I let it run longer, if you notice. Welcome to Puro's Miners, bro. Mondo the boss from Dina. Along with Alex and Nicolas. What's up, baby? It's been a long time. Been a long time, but been we're here a for a time. good time here good tonight time. on the Tuesday. What's up, UTEP fans? What's up? It's a good time for me because I don't have to be sad every weekend now. But the Cowboys are still alive. Oh! oh nah, not really. Yeah. I, did you, man, why you bring that up, though, man? Now I'm, now I'm upset about that. I, I'm bringing it up because I watched the game last night between Philly and New York, and the only thought. That came to my mind was yeah. nobody in the NFC East deserves a playoffs. They don't. But you know what's what's crazy about this is that when it did happen, I would say almost ten years ago when Seattle yeah, had the that. same situation. I think they went in at seven at nine and then they went on to beat the defending Super Bowl champion uh, New Orleans Saints because they hosted that game and they won the playoff maybe, game. Maybe it's a mentality thing where you're like, oh, we got our backs against the wall. Nobody's expecting us to go. You know, sometimes NFL players and if, need and if, that and, type and, and, of a And if you recall, push. that's the game where Marshawn Lynch went beast mode, beast mode and apparently and the earthquake happened at the, the stadium. Yes, that's that was the game when Seattle was like, if I'm correct, Seattle was like 7-9, and nine, had no business being in the playoffs or taking on the the Saints were coming off the Super Bowl That's, victory yeah, and they right. beat them. So and and and, and money Lynch just ran. But through but the both whole teams defense. are playing like they don't deserve to be in the in the playoffs. Talking about uh, Dallas and Philadelphia. Like the funny thing is, people they need they need to reseed. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever, man. But your Saturday, well, your Saturday, my Saturday, my Saturday are is no more uh, are no more set. Uh, I was it was happy last week because the men's team won. Men, Men's one, women's almost one. Yeah, you know, we'll but they're, get playing, into that. they're I got playing a chance, very good. I got a chance to watch the women. I have but, some but, but really positive but thoughts. But as far as football, I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm just glad it's over. Yeah, it's I'm over. Glad, I'm, I'm glad the nightmare is over. I'm not gonna lie to you. It is, and and you know, if you go back to when we opened this podcast back in in late August, August you know, when, when we first started doing this. You know, we were both tempered in our expectations. You know, we were trying to be a little bit of positivity. You know, best case, worst case scenario. How many games did you say they were going to win? I said you're, two. You're more realistic than I, I, I was. I said two, but we remember we went best case, worst case. Your best case was five, five wins. Five games. And your worst so, case and, and, was one win. Yeah, you know, but, so, but in my heart, I thought really they were going to win five games because I've seen these guys in practice. I saw some of the guys that I thought were going to be playing that did not end up playing. You know, uh, I, so, think, I think I think for me, I was based on everybody I got to see in practice. And there's a lot of those guys, not a lot, but there's like, for example, we all thought Dion was going to play. Dion didn't get to play. Right. You know, I was ba- I was basing off stuff like that. You know, I, we can we, I think we've done, you know, with, with the most humble way that I can say this. I think we've covered this football season pretty spot on in terms of week to week, in terms of spot our predictions on. and kind of being realistic and while being positive at the same time. Um, so we, you know, we've, we've spoke a lot about football throughout this, you know, the past few months. So really my biggest question to you monster is you were there on the sideline yes. for every game, every home game. road, every game, you home know, road. What is your? There's a lot to be disappointed about with this team, but what's your biggest disappointment um, from the 2019 season? Uh, in one word. One word. One. It doesn't. I matter. could do it in one it, word. It, it could go one, one word. One word. One. One segment of the, it was the offense. What, what, defense. No. One word. Regression. Okay. Regression. This team did not 
progress, they regressed. Like I said, the only thing that I thought that the team really did progress or progress, how are you going to say it, is the wide receiver. Correct. The core was the wide and receiver. that's fair to say. And that's before Treshawn Wolf got into the, the, what do you call it, transfer portal. The transfer things, portal. Things there should be like nature. lightning bolts when you but say But that was the only portal. thing. I mean, everything else, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, it was, it was a very disappointing season for the, for, the, for the minors, you know. Like, this is a team that we talked about all year, like confidence, you know, they need to learn to play all four quarters, things of that nature. But uh, without a doubt, this team did not make any advancements other than the wide receiver core. You know, you you do have some, like, couple of other kids. And I told you, that if you go back to the very first podcast that, that we did, where we started talking about this, one of the guys on defense you got to look out for, there, there was this kid that didn't get to play last year. That he was a freshman. He was on the sideline. He was always energetic, always going crazy, you know, trying to encourage the guys. And we kind of bonded in relationship. And, you know, he finally got into the last four games because he doesn't lose a scholarship. He starts this year, you know, makes a couple of plays. Praise Amahuli. You know, I told you, I told I told you at the very beginning that look out for praise Amahuli. So there are some, don't get me wrong, there are some good players, some Positives to pos- pull out positive of stuff that, that happened with this football team. And without a doubt for me is praise Amahuli, who had last game, that last game against Rice, not only does he score a touch, recovers the, the fumble, touchdown. By the way, he had the first sack yes, also did. in the first game. And then he ends the season with the touchdown, and he also blocked the punt. You know, my biggest disappointment is I'm going to stick with you about the, the regression of the entire defensive unit. Yeah. Um, that's and, and, and it's twofold for me. It goes into the regression of the overall production or lack thereof production into the lack of recruiting. Um, I think that the coaching staff missed the boat on how important linebackers are for this defense. They loaded up on Juco defensive backs and all these guys ended up um, being guys that I, I don't, I, this is a hot take. I don't feel the, any of these Juco guys that they've got, that they recruit outside of Duran Lowe are FBS level players. Um, I think, you know, they were all their eggs in the basket with these Juco guys. And hey, they look good when we saw them, you know, in camp running around in shorts and they look like they're great athletes. I, we noticed that they weren't as lengthy as the pre- previous Kugler recruits were. So to me, the the, the 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 regression of the defense under Mike Cox, so we basically lauded as, you know what, you, we got to hold on to this guy, you know, that may be the only thing we we kind of missed was that we felt you know what this this defense under Mike Cox they're going to improve um, they're going to continue to improve we felt the defense was going to be okay we were wrong we were dead we, wrong we, about we, that we, we didn't know how much the missing Nick Needham was going to and AJ Hodgkins and that shows how important recruiting that linebacker position is and, and that's what Coach uh, I was about to say Kugler. Not talking about Cougar coach demo and his staff yeah. did not do. Um, that's the most disappointing. And thing you for know, me. Khalil Griffin got injured too. And, you and know, that that played the a, first game. So that, that played was, a small factor into it. But the fact of the matter is, we were so concerned about linebacker damp, even with Kalai in the lineup before the season. We were still concerned because if you look at who's behind um, uh, Van Hook, Parsi, um, you know, you, you know, obviously Griffin. You're talking about walk-ons. You know, you're talking about guys that have no experience, and you're expecting them yeah. to, to to hold the, I mean, in a sense, a high standard of production that the UTEP defense produced in 2018. It just wasn't there. Um, and that's really my biggest disappointment. So while we're on that page of, of you know, reviewing the season, let's look at a big positive. You talked about praise on Mahule. I think offensively, the wide receiving core did improve to a point. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you continue, point. are you not doing grades this time? You did the half 
uh, middle of the season grades. Are you not doing end of season? Where do you grades? want to start? You want to start like yeah, we did last up time. To you. We you start, want to do. Let's, let's go down with grades and let's start at the quarterback. I'm spot. gonna be like very easy this time. Like you know, it's very positive. I'm just, I'm just because I'm just wondering. Let, let's start at the quarterback spot. Then let's go ahead. Let, let's let's instead of going positive, we'll go down grades. So we're looking at the quarterback spot. You know, a difficult spot to really grade, honestly, because you know I really felt Kyle Oxley played well the last couple of games of the season. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I, I, I really I, feel I, he I, did. I felt Kyle Oxley played good when he realized that he was the bona fide starter. Right. Excuse me, the starter, and not having to compete with with Brandon Jones. And like I said, like, and that's the one thing I want to really get into when we talk about the quarterback position is like, what is he gonna do next year? Like, I'm just gonna tell you right now, right off the bat. Gavin Hardison has got a cannon. Sometimes he doesn't know how to control that cannon that he's got for an arm. So sometimes he he's, he still needs to learn how to kind of lay off it sometimes. But that's going to happen. But Gavin Hardison is not a mobile quarterback by no. any means. And you're out there still running plays with Gavin Hardison thinking he's Kyle Loxley. He's got his, he's got his wheels when he doesn't. So things like that make me kind of wonder what the mentality is there from the coaching staff when they're calling those plays. Now, if, if it was TJ, TJ Goodwin, I could understand because right. he's got some wheels, you know. We don't know what type of arm he's got because we, he hasn't been able to play yet. So that's going to be the number one thing for me going into the offseason is you got to have a bona fide starting quarterback. None of this, like you tried your experiment of going back and forth with a quarterback, but like to, to your point, like, and I totally agree with you 100%, Kyle actually played good football the last couple of games because he was, he was very. Um, he was entrenched. He, he was. He was entrenched as a starter, and I, I mean, and plus the, he wanted to, he wanted to end his season on a good note. This this one it's just tough. But he to did grade. it because he broke his. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. This is probably be the great, the best grade I give anybody in this in this realm of, of report card. I'm gonna give him a C minus, and that is to your point about play calling. You know, that's why the quarterback position, even when I've done this, you know, the past previous years uh, 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 with minor rush, I've always been weary of the play calling because I think that plays a big, big factor in terms of quarterback production. So I'm going to go C minus. What are you feeling? Um, I guess that's fair. C minus, you know, because both these guys uh, and I'm throwing Brandon in there. Right. You know, uh, I, I really didn't didn't think they got a fair shot of what they can do. Yeah, you know, and I and I can still point to you where I think all this went uh, away from them is when they're playing Nevada. The first uh, Brandon Jones has a tremendous first quarter, first couple of drives, and there was no business why they put in Kyle Loxley in there. They had no no reason to. He puts him in. Throws the interception and the game just goes south, and I think that's where the see, honestly the, where the season went down south. Honestly, for me, that's what it was. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like the play calling for me is an F, and that and that goes into the next position group. Obviously, sticking with offense, the running backs. Trayvon Hughes had a good year. You know, six hundred eighty-two yards, average four yards per carry. Josh Fields, I thought had a really good year when they used him. I mean, average five point two yards per carry. They didn't use him very much. That's another area. And I sat here and almost cried on this damn podcast. I think it was week three, week four. I'm talking about run downhill, run. You know, that's what you you know this read option, this quarterback read, this quarterback power, this quarterback. See now pick the a gap see now the anger. Forward. See now the anger starting because I'm starting remember stuff that rice game you know Loxley goes down we didn't know he had a broken thumb at that point but it's right before halftime you know it was windy things of that nature if you're gonna run the ball if you're gonna run up the clock you're just gonna run the ball 
Why not give it to the running backs? Why give it to your quarterback to run it? Who's not really an athletic quarterback? I, I just said that. Like yeah, you said, that, like you missed. So I mean, stuff like that. Like it's it's kind of not fair that we're gonna like bash on the running backs when like some of the opportunities they had weren't there sometimes. Right. And and that's why it's, it's it's another area where I I'm kind of grading with that quote unquote curve that we talked about last time because you're looking at some of these numbers and for UTEP standards they're not that bad but you just feel like if Trayvon if if Josh Hughes Josh Hughes Josh Fields were to get a few more carries with this 312 you know rushing yards that be closer to 500 you know when when they went when Trayvon had that great start to the season and then week two Instead of turning around and handing it to Trayvon, it was quarterback power. It was quarterback this, quarterback everything. Would he be close to a thousand yards rushing on the season if if they were to pound him fifteen to twenty rushes a game, which he deserves, and then mix that in with a Josh Fields? Now I know they didn't want to get one dimensional. I know you know you did see a nice mix of run and pass, but you know sometimes you got to go with what works. And so I'm going to give the running backs a D, but that is that is something that I think should be a lot higher because you're looking at a guy like Josh Fields who look. Like an looked like a junior running back this year. He looked like a guy that's been in the program for three years. He looked explosive. He just didn't get the opportunity. You're talking about just 36 carries. That's it. You know, 30 or 59 carries. Excuse me, 59 carries for a guy that's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. No sir. That's got to be more. You got to give him 70 to 80 carries. And even Trayvon, Trayvon, 167, yeah, he, he was used a lot. But there was times where he disappeared in certain games. You know, and, and, and you've seen that, you know, firsthand. So where are you going now with the grade for them? I'm going to go with a D. And like I said, that's a grade. I want to say that, D because that, I didn't get curve. to see the D out there. Yeah. True. I didn't get to see Dion at all, and everybody Ooh, like, and you nice saw one. that. You saw when Dion was out there, how explosive he was. Right. You know, you got to see the glimpses of it. I mean, unfortunately, you got that concussion, but that to tell me that when he went into that Charlotte game, that 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 instant spark that he that you saw the explosiveness that Dion has got. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, it's almost like I just I just don't get it. I mean, I don't want to say stuff that I you know, but I mean, it's just that. It's a very disappointing. So we move on to the receivers. Yes, and actually, I give them a B. You give them a B, and and, and that's that's fair. And the reason why I'm going to give them a B minus is because a true freshman led them in receiving yards. I think that's that that's that's important. I think that's very important. Jacob Cowing, I talked about him early on in the season about how I liked him. Some of y'all bashed me. Oh, he ain't got hands. He ain't got hit. Well, look at him now. I I, I really like the kid. Um, Justin Garrett. J- Justin Garrett, another one. You know, I, I like Alan Busey. I've liked Alan Busey since Kugler signed him as a Juco guy. Haven't really seen him that much. But, you know, you're talking about Cowing and, and Garrett coming back along with uh, Devon Cooper, whose season was obviously cut short, only playing four games, 10 catches. But he averaged 14.7 yards yep. per catch. Yep. So I like that little threesome coming back. Threesome for you guys out there. You can laugh they'll, at that. They'll, but they'll um, have the kid from Chapin play next year. And they'll year. also have Q Workman, who, by the way, looks looks the part of a 6'5 guy. Something UTEP hasn't they, had a 6'5 receiver still, since Ian Hamilton. they still need to add weight on him. They do. They oh, still he need does. to have a lot he of does. weight on him. But his speed and his, yep. his fluidity as far as an athlete is great. But – I'm going to go B minus because of the fact that a freshman stepped up during the latter part of the season. Um, This wasn't a case where he started strong and then tapered off. No, he started off a little slow, had a couple of drops, had some issues, um, but then he finished out the year strong and became UTEP's consistent number one receiver in a sense. Um, And I like that. I think that's a very, very big improvement, Mark. So Mondo goes B, I go B minus. And and they said that that. I don't even think we're That's being two be homers on that. Oh, that, I, I, yeah. I can give an A to one Gavin category. Beckley. 
Yes. <laughs> That's the only person that gets an A is, is Gavin Beckley. So my know? usually my tight ends are lumped in with the wide That's receivers. That's the kicker, and, by and, the and way. I, and I'll go, I'll put Je, uh, Jess Trussell into that B category. I thought he had a decent year. Um, you know, obviously. When he was used. When he was used. And this is another guy, 13 catches, 177 yards, 13.6 yards per catch. Still a guy that was, he's going to, I think he's going to get I, an I, NFL I, shot. I, I, think. I think the uh, the Titans were underutilized without right. a doubt. And, he, a doubt. And, and we knew coming in that he was more of a blocker. So we know that this guy wasn't going to catch 30 balls and have 400 yards and a few touchdowns. But I think he can get a look in the NFL as a blocker. I would not surprise be surprised to see him maybe even make it into a mini camp. I don't know about training camp in the fall, um, but it would not surprise me to see him get a, a training camp invite. Somebody's going to some, look at him. Somebody's going to look at him to try him out in the spring, and I think that's something for him. You know, just stay stay, stay in shape, my man, because I think you're going to get well, a call. But he did get a concussion uh, in the, ah. the NMSU game, so so he, he that's why he didn't play against, against Rice. So wide receivers and tight ends get a B. Looking at the offensive line, and this is, I mean – it's it's another one of those tough situations because you know coming into the season we were told that this is going to be an experienced group that we're going to have so many returning starters it didn't turn out that way they played a lot of young guys that made a lot of young men mistakes out there now darren gatewood was really the only elder statesman of that offensive lineman you're looking at everybody that started on the offensive lineman darla lee uh darla lee um the kid from Montwood, that's his name is slipping my name. Bobby DeJaro is the kid from Montwood that I'm talking about. A lot of youth on that offensive line. Um, but I just don't still don't think they were well coached. And, and I'm going to give them a, a, a D because of the fact of, of the lack of coaching that they got during the season. Um, but that's not saying the future, the, 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 you know, the, fu- you, you the future is there, the, the foundation the, the experience that they've got. Is only going to make them better. You would think, and that's you what would you think, because that's what I thought last year. Because a lot of it, the one thing last year is that so many injuries, especially on that offensive line, that you talked about it. There was a different starting lineup almost every single game this year. Like it's almost the same guys up until the end of the season. But still, you thought that experience was going to pan out. It did not. So as you. I also give them a D. And and experience has to play in next year. You know, you're losing four guys off the offensive line. One played significant time. You know, and that's Darren Gatewood. And obviously Darren Gatewood's second team all conference. Congratulations, Odessa Permian. You know, he had a a, a, a interesting career here but he stuck it out and i love that i love it when guys go through adversity like that and they stick it out and they finish as minors um but there shouldn't be no excuse for experience next year this d should turn into a b b plus i think so because like i mentioned you're losing four guys none of those three of those guys didn't play that much you know so everybody coming back you know zuri henry is a guy we didn't even mention in that and i we've liked zuri henry since he was a freshman yep. started as a freshman so you know a lot of work there at the offensive line um, but there's some pieces coming back and if that does not improve next year then that's a huge huge problem for the utep football team so moving over to the defensive side let's start at on the defensive line and one had a great year monster already talked about it praise, praise amawali had a good year um I was very disappointed in Big Denzel. I was very disappointed in in, uh, in Chris Richardson. I'm going to go D. I'm going to go with the D with the defensive line because, you know, if we look at some of the stats, the Havoc stats, they just weren't there. They just I, were not I, there. I would have said the beginning of the year, the first half of the year, it was a B. But then yeah. the second half of the year, they, they got, out, ran, they just, they got they ran over. Just, they, they really did. It's almost like I said, first half of the year, the defense was keeping this team in the in the games. Second half, it was the offense keeping them. So I, I have no idea where the defense went. So it's a D for the defensive line. 39 tackles for losses so far uh, this year. That's three 
per game. Opponents average 6.4 against the UTEP offensive line. Now you're looking at sacks. You want to talk sacks. You got your defensive linemen, your top three defensive linemen, seven, eight. So your total, you totally, your defensive line accounted for eight of your 12 total sacks while your opponents sacked the quarterback 35 times. You know, that maybe we might want to give them an F, but. You know, I digress with that. You know, the production needs to be there, and that is what we're going to talk about when we get into recruiting because that's an area UTEP is definitely going to look for. Linebacker, I'm going to be keep it real. It's an F, and, and I talked about that. And it's not it, – yes, it's the talent and the lack of production, but more the coaching. You know, you knew coming into the season that you're losing three or four linebackers from last year that were all productive. Not only that, you know, you had uh, – I think it was Van Hook who, who was – struggling with in coming back from an injury and really wasn't full sl sled until maybe what week six week seven and maybe reaching on that um but the coaches knew the coaches knew that there was th that there were going to be some holes at, at the linebacker spot and they failed to address it so the f goes really on recruiting for me man i hear this this defensive back spot or I'll, the linebacker spot, i'll give me. it d minus d minus yep everything you said is correct Yes, D minus sir. with the linebackers. So let's look at the secondary and the secondary. Same thing. I, I'm going to go with the D. Um, I'm going to be very kind because there was a couple of turnovers and a couple of interceptions early on in the season, which should that weigh actually, the out. First four games, they got a uh, uh, turnover right. every single game, and, and that's why I'm not going to go away. F. But the latter part of the season, I mean, non-existent. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't give where, up. Where those guys go? You can't give up big runs too. You know, like they did against NMSU, big plays. Right. I mean. So a, a disappointing D. Special teams, you know, special teams were good. You know, they were good. I'm going to go B minus. I'm going to go B minus with special teams because there were there were a couple of punt blocks and, and stuff that could have been cleaned up. But overall, Gavin Beckley was the, was the offensive MVP um, for the first time since Atre Golden rocked the number eight in orange and gold. We returned a kickoff for a touchdown. So those are positives that yep. you can build on for the special yep. teams. And, you know, frankly, special teams really needed to produce more in that department because of the lack of offense. But I'll give them a B minus. I give Beckley an A. Oh, Beckley and Abel. I told, what about, I told you. What about the special teams, though? So you give Beckley and Abel the special teams unit, all three units, all four units. Of I, I give them a B minus. B minus overall. Yeah, that's what I give them. And the last one that we go through, and this is always the toughest one, coaching. I go D minus. I'm going to be nice with that. Uh, that's really not nice, but it's. Can, uh, can we make like a, a special category for, or does this go under coaching being disciplined? You is know that, that, that goes under it, and, and that's is that under coaching, and that's where I is that under take coaching? away that mining. Oh yeah, minus. That's why I should take away that minus because it's. You know, the lack of discipline, you know, and, and, and it stuck its rear ugly head in the last game, too. Some of the some of the last, penalties. Last two games. The last two. You know, the, the biggest one There's for me was. There's stuff that happens that I can't tell you guys that happens on the, on that, the sideline. That New Mexico State game, um, where I believe, or correct me if I'm wrong, because I was, I was in Midland calling a high school game, but following along, we kicked a field goal. We cut the lead. They, we got a personal foul which yep. set them up a prime field position Correct. so and they scored a touchdown so yeah so that right and there that, is and that and that personal foul is what cost them basically the game, the game. but i will say to to uh demo's credit he went after the player right and like got in his case should have been done the player the did week, not the the, the player did not take that lightly right yeah and it's just it, it, it was just this I mean, is a very undisciplined let's just if we're keeping it real this is a very undisciplined team. D for undisciplined. And some, oh, and Hugh, Hugh admitted as well. Yeah. Dimmo say like, yeah, this is an undisciplined team. I mean, at the end of the day, it starts with it starts and ends with them. 
So just a quick review. So what did you give them? I gave them a D minus. I'll give them that. I was going to give them an F, but I'll give them the the, the D minus. They deserve an F, but I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt of the rebuilding mode that they have. But it's still, it's it's not great. A D minus is not great. This is that's not an excuse. Okay, so now now we talk about the stuff that we talked about this in the first podcast. That the what ifs, what if best case scenario, blah blah blah. We talked what what ifs, worst case scenario. It happened. It happened. So the, the worst, the, actually, the worst case scenario was them losing every single game. Right. The second worst is what them happened? only winning one game. So then we said people are going to have to go. Demo safe. Right. I think both coordinators are gone. You know, I do, but then they're doing a good job of hiding kind of their cards because Mike Cox is still on the road recruiting. Um, haven't seen anything about Canales. 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 I can't say his name. Mike Canales. I haven't seen him out there on the recruiting chart or any pictures of the bag. You know, that was a big theme, theme last year was the bag, the bag when we're recruiting. I haven't seen that. That's a big indicator. Um, if UTEP's going to make a move... They're very late, and that's going to be very bad because if UTEP was going to make a move, they should have made it the day after that Rice game. So that way these oh, – last, last Sunday. Last Sunday. So that way these – no, the Sunday before, um, they should have made these changes. So these new coaches can get no, on no, – Yeah, two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. Forget about that. If it, so – I don't think they're going to make any changes, to be honest with you. Really? Because if they were going to make changes, wow. you have to make it now. Think about it. UTSA just hired a head coach. That's right. They're looking for coordinators right now. Um, Old Dominion, they hired a new head coach. They're looking for coordinators. Wow. Lane Kiffin was just hired at Old Miss. Lane Kiffin's looking for coordinators. So if, if Demo does make a move right now, that's terrible. That's a bad Bad move by Dana so Demino. So, so then, are you are you telling me is that for the first two years they get a they got they get a pass no matter what? Are you telling me that when and that's this is this is all hearsay, folks? We're right. just talking amongst ourselves. You tell me that when he met up with with Center, he's like, "Hey, dog, no matter what happens, the first two years I get to keep everybody." I think he told him that at the end of this year. I think maybe not so much that conversation had at the beginning, but maybe this year when you know. I'm talking about the beginning when they when he almost when they decided to become it's, a coach. It's possible. I don't think so. I think that more so that more than likely happened recently because you're behind the eight ball. If you're going to fire your coordinators, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get right now? Who are you going to get that's going to uh, come in and recruit first and foremost? Because right now that's the number one thing that UTEP's focus on is recruiting a big recruiting weekend last week, and we're going to get in recruiting here in a second. But you know. It, it would honestly that would be a, a death certificate. Dana Dimmel would be signing a death certificate for year three if he goes out there and tries to hire a coordinator right now. Now I know there's some movement going on, but the, the coaching carousel was not as active as it's been. You know, usually you know it, it's crazy, but you're looking at Conference USA. It was very minimal. You know, you're looking at at two three coaches going, one left, two were two were were, were basically fired in a sense. O D U, the coach Wilder was forced out, and you're looking all the way around. UNLV's already hired their guy. Um, I'm trying to think of any other group of fives. Um, okay, I, I so think for, um, I'm trying to think of New Mexico. I don't know if New Mexico's hired their guy yet. I think New Mexico may be. Or, you know, New Mexico. I'm not sure, but you get what I'm trying to say. Is yeah, that I, that, 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 that demo? If, if they were to do it, it would have been the past two weeks. Or they should have done it this week. Or they should have done it last week going into this week. So, I that's just my opinion. I I don't have any insight on that. But I, you know, and if one of these coaches was going to leave on his own, they would have already would have told left. Them. 
and they've already, because they would have had a job lined up. I don't, but, and, and here's the thing, and I don't mean to sound like an ass, but I mean, you know, none of these UTEP coaches have value right now. None of them. You know, maybe well, Mike can Cox. You? I mean, exactly. No, I mean, how, how, honestly, how can you? You've got so, a program that with these coaches, you've only won one game in two years. So no one's going to pry them away from UTEP. Now, the the one coach that I've seen their name kind of thrown out there, which makes me kind of look at UTSA, Brock Neely. Um, and he's not actually, I don't, think he's, I don't even think he's an actual position coach at UTEP. He's the recruiting coordinator. Yeah. And he kind of follows Demo around on the sidelines. Yeah. I, his name has been thrown around for some assistant jobs, but... You know, that's not a coordinator. That's not, you know, the, the, the more important position right now for UTEP to replace or to kind of upgrade. So I don't think so. I think I think it's too late in the game. And like I said, if Dana Dimmel does make that move between now and Christmas, hijo su, brother. Well, 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 it could be a situation, too, that if one of them decides to leave, puts them in that situation right. as well. So moving along. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you think they win a game next year? And I'm being legit. I'm being legit. Like, you, look, this is this is what it is. Like, question. if you're telling me right now that everybody's gonna come back, there's gonna be no like, all the coaches are back. You know, everything's exactly the same. Everybody's the same. Um, do you think that they will do better than next year? I, this I, early. This is like overreaction. Whatever. No, like before the season I'm gonna starts. Say no. I say they can win one game, and it's the. It's the third week of the Mexico season. State. That's the only one. You look. They have an that. That's where I was going. That's the only one. one. Well, Honestly, the that's why, only one. The I reason think why I'm saying win. no one. I don't know who's the quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do on offense. I don't know what they're going to. You know, there's way too many holes. Two. There's a potential that they could start zero and zero and four. With that non-conference schedule, that's a tough non-conference schedule. You go. We're, we're, you go, go. Texas Tech here at, in in the Sun Bowl. We traveled to Nevada. Then we go to Texas, uh, Austin, and then we got uh, NMSU. One and three, oh and four. You know that that is where I'm looking at is because it doesn't get easier. This year was the year if you were going to steal some wins early on in the season, like they had a chance to against Nevada at home. Um, didn't happen. Next year gets tougher, and, like, and that's where like I'm I at. Said, with that. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen next season because Dion's going to play every game. You know. Q Q is gonna be back, you know. Field, I, we field, anticipate we, him we don't back. we don't know who's gonna be the quarterback. That's gonna be the situation. But my thing is that I think Demo wants a mobile quarterback. I think that's just and what and, he wants. I think that's the situation there. If you were to ask me who's the starter week one, if, if you if you if you can pack, if they could pack twenty five pounds on TJ Goodwin. Oh, he's he's going to be the yeah. starter, and that's going to be the big question. That's going to be the big question coming in the spring is how much has his body evolved to take that pounding, you know, to take because I mean you saw you know that <laughs> I laugh because every other play towards the latter part of the season. Third and fourteen, quarterback draw, baby. Yep. So you it know, didn't who it didn't matter was. who it was. So that that's an interesting mark. All I'm saying is that. Now, as I start looking at it, like if I'm one of the administrators and like, hey, hold up, y'all won one game in two years or redoing the Sun Bowl and make no mistake, they're not redoing it for the Sun Bowl game because it's not going to be ready for the Sun Bowl game. Um, you're going to put those luxury seats right below the press box. You got the party patio, whatever it's called. How are you going to fill those seats, man? How are you going to fill that? I mean... How are you going to fill those? How, how are you going to sell this team next year? I know how I would sell it. 
you'd go all El Paso. El Paso strong. You got three running backs all from El Paso. Flores, Fields, Avista there, and then, of course, Dion. And that's the big question. That's the big question, and it starts now with yeah. recruiting. Let's move on to some recruiting. Big weekend. Um, basically, every weekend is going to be loaded the past uh, couple of weeks or the next few weeks before Christmas, and there's a dead period. But you had eight visitors this past weekend, and you got some commits. Uh, Delon Williams, Juco defensive lineman. Uh, Jadarian Taylor who had seven sacks last year as Juco defensive lineman. Trieka Knight, the Juco linebacker and then Xavion Steele a Juco cornerback so that adds to the commit list now what I'm looking at here is I have basically what it looks like at this point is that you have 18 confirmed commits um you also kind of had a recommitment this weekend Khalil Warfield the guy that we talked about I think late September sometime in August um so you're basically you're adding these five guys that 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 committed um this past weekend along with what I'm hearing a few more San Antonio recruits who haven't announced their uh commitment yet so you know right now it looks like you know it seems that their recruiting is very based on defense it's, and it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got linebackers to be. and def- Juco linebackers and Juco defensive linemen are what you're going to see them really covet over the next few recruiting weekends. Now, um, we know the scholarship situation is definitely going to be interesting because you have guys continuing to transfer. Walter Don's the, U- the, the newest one. Tanner Boston, the long snapper, uh, was also transferring. So as these transfers kind of come about and there's going to be more one you know this week's finals i believe at utep that is correct so a lot of players are trying to get their grades right you know the the people that are transferring they know their grades are good you know you got a few that are waiting for that one grade to see okay will i be eligible or you know will i be eligible to either play next year or will i have to sit out that is what i'm sure is resting on a lot of guys minds this week so i believe there's going to be more i think next week and even after christmas you're going to see more announcements. So I think the scholarship situation right now with UTEP football is very, very fluid. Um, what we were told, um, we're actually told this. What? Um, told. I'm not going to say how we were told this. But they were told. What we, we were, were told, told. Um, is basically kind of the recruiting plan for the JUCOs because that's the most important. Um, any high school kid that you see kind of getting picked up now um, – that guy's going to get red-shirted or gray-shirted. I don't think you'll see any freshman high school players signed on the field next year, even on the sideline. We didn't this year. We didn't list this year. So what we were told is that three linebackers, they got one, two defensive ends, they got two, not sure where you're going to put the other one, and then a defensive tackle. So they wanted six JUCO guys, but that could jump up to eight. So I think that's going to jump up to eight because you obviously you're losing Walter Don. But then remember too, he he was he's also going to wait to the second half of the recruiting, right? Because that's what he likes to do. So what I think they're trying to do is the the signing period, the early signing period is I forget if it's next week, it's next week because it's before Christmas. Yeah. So the early signing period is next week. So you should have about twenty guys sign early. And the rest will be either held over for the late period in February or over the summer until people qualify until August. So I kind of like the plan, um, but I want to see more JUCO guys. I want to see more production out of some of these JUCO guys. I like I like a few of these guys, but I'm just I'm not sold 
I'm not going to be sold really until these guys play a game in a UTEP uniform. I'm I'm done speculating. Uh, I'm done trying to pronosticate this. You know, you bring in guys. Let's I ain't see sold what they until can you do. win a game. Exactly. I'm sorry. And, I'm and, sorry. And that's where I'm getting to. I, I don't want to play positive. I don't want to give anybody any false hope. We'll see about these JUCO guys. I like the fact that Jerry on Taylor had seven sacks last year as a defensive end at a JUCO level. I like that. You know, what do we talk about? How many? If, if you review a little hashtag, I think the UTEP offensive line defense line had eight eight of the 12 sacks that i said so that's positive that's a positive deal but you know at the end of the day it's going to be juco heavy you got to load up at linebacker um they're going to oversign and what i think where they're going to oversign is with the high school kids um you'll see some of these kids that you know over the next couple of weeks that are done playing in the playoffs um you know you get some of the top schools, like your your new North Shores, your Duncanvilles. Hopefully, UTEP can swing a couple of the guys down there that aren't getting any talent or are not excuse any me, not looks. talent any looks um, to be able to kind of fill those out with those high school kids. But I think this is a, a very necessarily has to be a JUCO heavy class. I wouldn't mind to see another JUCO wide receiver you need, in here. You need too. guys that can play now, right? And so, a, I I wonder how much I know. Last year, JUCO offensive line was a big thing. Didn't saw it here and there, but I wonder. As far as offense, now that we're seeing Walter Don leave, um, do they waste that? Do they hold that on until the transfer market um, in the summer, or are they going to go after JUCO heavy guys? Because I still think you need another receiver to help out. I, you know, I, I we talked about having Cooper coming back. We talked about Cowing, but I think you got to have somebody else um, that's a little bit more. I'm going to tell you straight up the way it is. I don't care who they get. You got to get people that are going to be able to produce. You're going to have to get people that are going to be able to buy into the system. You're going to have to get kids that are going to listen to the head coach and buy what he is trying to sell them. And you got to get people that are going to bring victories to this team. Because I'm telling you, telling you right now, if this team doesn't win any games next year, it's going to be a very rough, you know, we're blessed that we had like 11,000 people at the Rice game. And I'm saying we're blessed because that's what was announced. You got to remember they. They factor in the uh, tickets already sold, season tickets. So that stadium holds about almost 55,000, you know? So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. They, they're they're going to have to start winning some of these games. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like, I don't know. Worst case scenario is that they lose every single game next year. You know, and we're being realistic because, hey, we haven't seen them do it yet. You know, I think I think next year is going to be a year for demo. We're like, hey man, it's year three, man. Let's see what you can do. Gotta, really, you could do like gotta have pres- results. Like something. you can't, you you got to have results. You know, like they get the way the way I'm looking at it from what you tell me about the coaches should have already been gone. That means they got a pass. They got a pass last year when you were they're going to get a pass. This year, that means they got a pass as well. Next year, you're not going to get a pass. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling you like. People are. I mean, I'm just telling you from what I see, from what I need, from what I hear. People are tired of them losing, and I'm tired of it too. We spent way too yep. long talking you know, about football. Well, but this is going to be it because we're not <laughs> we going yeah, to talk football until signing day, like in February yeah, or something so. like that. So. But yeah, so I mean, definitely a, a rough season, but something to look forward to as well. And somebody asked me, "Are you happy it's over?" Yes. Yes. Say, Steve asked me. Steve Kaplos asked me when I was what up, on, Steve? on Sports Talk. I said, yeah, because I'm 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 happy that they're not losing. I mean, people think it's fun. I mean, I love game day. I love the experience and stuff like that. But to see them lose 
every single day. It hurts. Yeah, I feel you. It hurts. no mames. So moving on to what's winning and trending right now. There you go. In UTEP Athletics. Let's start off with the Lady Miners. And man, I'm going to tell you what, man. I was very impressed with this team. You were there on Saturday. I was there. They lost by 10. You but know, that was Arizona. Arizona's a really They're good ranked club. 20. They're ranked 20, and, and they are good. They are big. They are physical. Their guards are big. You know, their guards are big and physical. Our ladies punched back, Monster. They got punched in the mouth in the, in the second quarter. Um, it was a close first quarter. Second quarter, we were counting. I think it, it took them about nine minutes to get a field goal in the second quarter. But this team, they just have that it factor. Yes. Um, whether it's defensively, whether it's, you know, we're waiting. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was waiting for that big run where Arizona just blew it open. I yep. go, go home and watch, go back and watch football. Yeah. It didn't happen. And I was very intrigued of how they were doing this. They were pushing back. They were punching back. It, it was that simple. Um, Arizona's a very physical team. They had a big girl in there, Steel. Dude, she would ball me up, my man. Like, I wouldn't even score on her. She blocked my shot. Like, I That's what I'm talking got about. no chance against this girl. She's she got skill. She blanked me, bro, in one-on-one. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to go up against her. Like, nah, nah. She was the big – she was the deal in there. She was the one that they were throwing it into. She'd get their points. But, you know, UTEP was able to shut her down for stretches. And, they, you know, a game that UTEP, you know, maybe in years past, they lose by 30. Well, they – Chucked that game in half, lost by 10, and they kept it in the 50s. That's impressive. Very um, impressive. What I got out of this game, and my grandfather was with me, they're going to be trouble in Conference USA, bro. We both agreed that. And we, you know, we're both UTEP homers, but we try to keep it, you know, just keep like it real. We got to keep it real. real. But man, I wouldn't want to face that the toughness that I saw to that UTEP women's team in the conference tournament, bro. I would, especially. Only, and what, what do I say? And that's where that's it's all the only about. time it matters. And, and this team, it's going to be real interesting to see how they play on the road. I'm curious. I, I really think this team might end up being a pretty good uh, a road team. I think they're going to be very tough to beat on the road. And not only that, dude, we got a young stud. From El Paso. Katia Gallegos. Katia Alejandra. And we covered her a lot Ga- with Town Talk Sports El Paso. So play for Franklin. We so. saw her f- two years when we covered her. And, you know, we're like, wow, this girl, she can play at the next level. Our only thing was, you know what? She's a little bit on the smallest side. That don't matter. Nope. She, she is can quick ball. as lightning. She's tough. Um, you know, that, I remember we were talking about it. We were, we were watching that Midland League game. That they that when they upset them in, in overtime and how many times she hit the floor and was just yep, throwing remember, her body around the broadcast and she did the same thing against Arizona. They put a very physical guard on her that was giving her fits in the first half. Every time Katia Katia I gotta find out how to say her name. Every time Gallegos touched the ball, yeah, this girl was bodying her. And she would fumble it because she was a freshman. But in that second half, I don't know what got into her. She took care of that ball. She started driving it down the lane, dishing it off to her teammates. This team's fun to watch, man. This team is really fun to watch. Uh, kudos to Kevin Baker Katia. and his staff. Katia, that's how you say it. Yeah. You know, he made a lot of changes. I only called one of her games in her career, so that's why I don't know her name. Um, my man, but we Michael Mont is there most but of we the did, games. We, we were well aware. because yeah, that, we, were, we, we, we did well a lot of the aware how good. So, you know, Kevin Baker made some very, very significant changes to his coaching staff in the offseason. I think that's paying off now. Not only X's and O's wise, but recruiting. Um, you know, this program's in good hands. I was very weary about Kevin Baker because I won't be lying. I'm going to keep the 
Keith the Adams well, loyalist, here forever, bro. man. Come I, on, I love me some Keith the Adams. I was like, nah. Where's she at now? What's she's cool? still at Wichita State. How's she doing? I haven't looked. This is going to be year three. Same thing as as Kevin Baker. Um, we'll we'll definitely check on her. But I mean, I I just didn't want to give the guy any love. But after watching what they did well, to Arizona, because they, he's got to he's got to earn he's it. Be, he's yeah. got to he's got to earn the love. And he I earned mean. that love, even though it was a ten point loss against Arizona. Yeah. I mean, they cut the lead to nine in the in in the I was I think it was the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. The crowd came to life, my man. Like everybody was into that game watching of, of well, like I mentioned, UTEP was in that danger zone. That 15 points were in, you know, and we, we've covered girls basketball. Girls basketball can get ugly in, in blowouts. It could turn very quick. Yes. And it didn't because the miners fought back. And, and I was very, very impressed with the coaching adjustments. And not only that, with the fire that this team has, you know, they're, they're, they're in a sense, they're young because there's a lot of new pieces in there. You got Gallegos, your freshman point guard, you got some juice co-players that are trying to instill themselves they've instilled themselves now it's about okay getting yourself ready um getting yourself molded getting yourself some more identities uh going into conference play and i'm really really excited about this about well, i'm the excited ladies, about man. the women's team they're doing good I'm, I'm just the one thing they they i know they're trying they got they got to do better in the marketing you got to let people know hey not only the men's team is good the women's team is, is good as well you got I, I know but i know they're trying i know the new marketing team they're doing a good job trying to get the word out that hey Football, not so much, but hey, basketball, it's, we're pretty legit, yeah. you know, which is what people, like I said, I told you, UTIP's a basketball school. It's not a football school. As much as we love it to be a football, me and you, UTIP's a basketball school. And the one thing they're supposed to be good, doing good at, they are. All right, and UTIP men's basketball, this transition. So the last time we talked, we were previewing the NMSU game. Um, where I wanted to see the miners lose in a sense. Yeah. And, you know, everything that I wanted them to go through in that game, they did. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I want to see that, but I'm going to raise an area of concern. Though. All right. Go ahead. Offensively. Yeah. Got to find some more X's and O's. And, that, and that's going to be, this is my first, here it is, my first, first. official gripe. Right. Of Rodney Terry. And, Rodney it's, and Terry. it's not a major one. It's not something that, you know, should be blown up. But I think it's just an area that we got to look on. Um, you know, when Bryson Williams is shut down, you know, it's obvious. And everybody was tweeting about it. Everybody was talking about it. I'm sure people were calling in the minor talk, talking about it. You know, you got to find some other scoring options, consistent scoring options. That is is really right now kind of the weakness of the Utah basketball team. At, at the beginning of the year, um, you know, told you all they're playing, you know, Left which, left which, north which state, yeah. north south east state. Everybody's gonna look good. You yeah. know, I could go in and hit a corner three if you, if, if I'm if I'm open and I at feel least good. one, at least, at least one, one. You know, if, he, if he's open, if I'm open. But I mean, you know, that, the reality now of playing division one opponents kind of setting in a little bit as far as the offense. Defensively, it's still there. Defensively, you go on the road, you hold New Mexico. You know, the old Wait. Haskins adage: shoot thirty five percent and give yourselves a chance. That's what it, that I'm not disappointed in the New Mexico State loss. I'm disappointed in maybe there was an, uh, maybe a spark. You know, bring a certain player off the bench. Who that is, I don't know. But you know, you have bodies there. So to trim down to an eight man rotation early on in the season. That's puzzling to me because eight-man rotations with the depth UTEP has, you don't see that until midway yeah. conference play when it's like, okay, we're 10-1. These are our guys. You know, Rodney's found his guys defensively. I don't know if he's found his guys offensively yet. And that is kind of just, it, not so much a gripe, but just I want to see how they work that out because going into Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, I wanted to watch college football that game because I figured, okay, 
they're gonna the, UTEP was favored by 26 points. Let's, let's get that. They were they were favored by 26 points last start. 20 I think went up to 27 right before tip off on one by on nine points barely. One by nine. That was a one point game at half, and that goes back to the offense. And you know, I know when when I was still at Minor Rush and and we took over. Um, when when Ronnie Terry took over, I got some some compliments or, or some some slighted compliments about well, you know, yeah, you guys are all happy about Rodney Terry now, but wait until you see his offense, and. Now I'm like, oh, maybe that guy was well, right. Like but I said, but, we'll but, find out. We're but, gonna but it's find still out. early. It's still early, and we're gonna you know, find out this, a lot in the next couple of weeks. Th- th- I think this is a good week to have off. I, I think at this point you want to play games. You know what I mean? Like at this point in the season, December heading into January, conference plays a couple weeks away. Obviously, you want to play back to back to back. You got the finals, and then you get that opportunity. Excuse me. This is going to be a great opportunity of practice for the Miners to figure out their offense. And obviously, you got finals, so I'm pretty sure Monday through Wednesday, it's all about the books. It's all about class. I'm pretty sure they may even have a practice off. But if UTEP gets together this weekend, I would love to see Rodney Terry just kind of you know, throw different lineups in practice, try to get guys in different positions to knock down shots. You know Daryl Edwards right now is one of UTEP's best consistent scoring mm-hmm. guards. Yeah. I couldn't name you another one right now. That's it. I, I couldn't name you someone that's just consistently scoring because, and this goes back to the style of play where Rodney Terry's asking you to do so much defensively. How much do you have on the offensive side? And I think that's when we're looking at the Utah basketball team and their offensive struggles. It's they're expending so much defensively that I think X's and O's wise, Rodney Terry going to have to maybe step in a little bit more offensively. But, but like you said, it's still early in the season, so let's see what adjustments he makes, especially this week since – they have the week off, you know, nothing but practice. You know, they do the finals uh, probably tomorrow, well, Friday and Thursday, Friday. You know, you got the graduations as well, you know, for the other kids, all those distractions. And then on Monday, they're in the, the, the West Star Don Haskins Sumbo Invitational. The big test will be Kent State. Kent yep. State's a really good team. Yep. They are like I said, a we're really, find out a really lot. good team. So I'm looking forward to this tournament. North Carolina um, AT&T, they should win, let's be honest. Yeah, that's a 7 o'clock and next then we Monday. And we think Kent State's going to win on t- and, and on Monday, so then they play them in the championship game on Tuesday. And then on Thursday is going to be a huge test. I am not going to watch that game, though. Why not? Because I looked at it. I don't know if you heard me laugh earlier. Uh, it's December 19th. There's something else going on from a galaxy far, far away on that day. So... Uh, can I DVR dun, on the dun, dun, yes. dun, can, can dun, I can I DVR the the yes dress? ESPN three does have an archive okay good so you can like go back plus. and watch it just like so you okay so good. what you should do yes is airplane mode like you would like a, like a good movie goer would do yeah. don't look at your phone. Don't well, I'm not me. going to because I'm gonna be watching I, 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 the even, movie. Yeah, I'm gonna be very. Oh, but I'm keeping it real, man. I'm keeping it real. Like yeah, no, but I mean that's that. To, and that plus, it's at Houston. That to me is the ultimate test. That yep. that is kind of like the the final exam for the non conference schedule because yep. that ends. I mean, doesn't end the non conference schedule because no. of course you go to Hawaii on on the the final Sunday. But that's a big one for me. That Houston game. That is where I'll kind of judge it. And then not only that, that's going to bleed into either positive or negative momentum going into Hawaii, where you have Hawaii, who's a really good team on their yeah, own floor, um, and then you you know more than likely you'll play Washington. It depends how it goes. You know, you don't really want to kind of speculate now because you don't know. You know, Washington, well, Ball let's State. Talk about the other teams, you got Washington, Ball State, then Houston, Portland, Georgia Tech, Boise State. All teams, Those are the teams in the tournament. All teams that are going to give you good looks and all teams that are, that are going to get you ready for January 2nd when you go to the Florida swing and play FIU and FAU or if I switch them around. But I know they play for the Florida schools in the first week, January 2nd. But, yeah, I, that's a 
what are they playing on the Thursday, January 2nd at 10 a.m. Mountain Time? I just saw that at FAU. That just slapped me in the face. I'm going to be doing reports at work while listening to Teich. Hey, you, you don't have that day off? No. I have to go back to second. I get oh, the first man. off. Oh, I, I get, forget. You have a real job. I get the first off. I forget and they about give us that. The, and they give us New Year's Eve off, so I'll take that because I want to see the Sun Bowl. I think the Sun Bowl will be pretty exciting. Yeah, Sun Bowl, like, like uh, let me be, they did a great job with the Sun Bowl. They like. Did. I don't care about the record. Sometimes people go I, to these games just to see the uniforms. And the fact that they got a uniform that when I was uh, going to high school, uh, and only because my school kind of used the same like the same logo, but the fact that you see a, you're going to see a uniform that was dominating in the 90s, early 2000s, you know. I mean, that's people are going to go to that game just for the uniform. My hope is that I see Deion Sanders on the sidelines with a pimp cup. And y'all know me. I'm not one to take pictures prime with time. anybody. I'm taking a picture. Did you apply time. for a credential? Can't disclose that information. Why? On, on the air. You can't? But I, no, I did not. Someone does it for me. No, but, okay, but you, really, you can't say it if you could, like, so I'm not supposed to say if I apply for a credential? I mean, that's just my personal But preference. I haven't. I mean, I, I haven't because I don't think you Because I go, I go have fun at the Sun Bowl. What <laughs> last year I did it was great being on the sidelines, um, but yeah. But UTEP basketball, it's it's a definitely the next two weeks will tell us a lot about this club. Um, trying to think when the next time we could talk to these folks because it's going to be an interesting week. Because I want to go watch all those games. I want to watch Monday. Well, I, I want to watch Tuesday. I want to go to the tournament I, I Monday watch, and Tuesday. I, I want to watch both tournament games. You know, this shoot because I'm going to go out of town Christmas weekend. Where are you going, man? I'm going to Austin to see Austin? my mama. And my family out well, there. Well, we can probably next so maybe Wednesday. Befo- maybe before. Maybe before the Houston game. Before even Wednesday. after the Houston game. We'll kind of see because I got a free. I'll have that Saturday free. I'm not well, sure. We might do that Saturday. We could do it. Then I can give you my Star Wars review there as well. We, yeah, no, that is. Do that. We'll do that. Right, so cool. we'll come back that Saturday, which will be the 21st. That'll give us a nice little gauge of. There'll be three games. Three important games um, going into two or th- three more important games. Yep. Uh, Christmas week. Oh, man. I'm going to. Just be excited to watch UTEP basketball on Christmas Day. Oh my God! I'm just I'm just happy that it's going to be on the on the dose, right? Or, or ESPNU. Depend. Hey, winners. Well, man, hold up. Well, because well, winners, winners play ESPN two, losers play ESPN. So when you get into the winners bracket, you're on ESPN two. You lose, you're in ESPNU. The not, university, ESPN, yeah, ESPN University. ESPNU, yeah. So it's not. I, mean, I think I have that on YouTube TV. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. But I mean, you know, either hold way, on, you, ch- you want to be. I, in that, I think I have it. You want to be in that winner TV. bracket. Let me just check real quick before you end the show. I believe I do have YouTube. I was looking into YouTube TV because it's I'm pretty good. Yeah, it's got, it's got, it's got a very, it's got a very, it's got a great uh, sports package, which is the only reason I have it. Shout out to DirecTV for charging me sixty bucks to watch the Raiders Chiefs game last Sunday. What? Oh yeah, why'd you want to do that? I should have just walked across the street to the bar. There you go. Uh I do have the U. There it is. There's the U. You're gonna be watching UTEP there basketball you on good. Christmas Day, my I'm man. I'm good, brother. I can DVR for you. I'll be. I'll go. Well, we're gonna have a big watching party in UTEP. I might even where like, I'm at the my, my mom's crib. Dog. Oh, I that's down. right. You're, you're gonna be in Austin. We'll be I in Austin, Texas. That. Barbecue, turkey, and lots of love, man. All right. We'll talk to you in about a week and a half. Put those miners, bro. We out.